Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 8 of Tea and the Law of Raspberry Jam, a podcast with me, Esther Derby and Victor Sesson. Today, we're going to be talking about entering groups and systems. Now, this is a super useful skill or thing to be aware of for anyone who is in the consulting field or in a coaching field, or even if you work in a company and you have to start interacting with a new group of people. Say you have to start working with a new team or you know, you're working with a new set of customers, you're entering a new group or system. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. I think the first point, a good place to start is with ourselves. So being aware of ourselves, because our presence always has an impact on groups, whether or not we're aware and whether or not we like it. And one way to become aware is to think about, you know, what impact have we had on other people in the past? could be through thinking back to feedback we've received or by just regularly reflecting on what happened as soon as I interjected an opinion in, a, in this group. Sure. I think having that awareness is super useful because whether you intend it or not, as you said, you're going to change things. And I became really aware of that recently, or it was brought to my awareness again when a group that I was part of had a new member join. And it changed the way the group worked because we had a bunch of unspoken agreements about how we did conflict and how we did arguments. And this new person didn't take time to observe how the group was working and started interacting in a completely different way that changed kind of the tone of the group and changed how people felt about interacting with the group, or at least some significant subset of people felt very, very differently about interacting with the group. So I don't know what his intention was. But the fact of him showing up, you know, without intention to observe what was going on for the group really made a big shift in the group. And that's going to happen to a greater or lesser degree anytime you enter a group. And I think people are naturally good at observing how other people affect the group (laughs) and less so how we ourselves impact the group. Yeah, it's much more obvious when you're part of a group and someone enters. And as a new person in a group, you can't really fully understand what they had been like before. But if you're observant, you can get some sense of what the agreements are and how they function before you start inserting yourself in a a sort of unconscious, unaware way. There was one thing you mentioned. You mentioned, you know, whatever this person's intentions were. And I think that's good to distinguish between behaviors and intentions. We all have behaviors that affect the group. And it's really important to be aware of your style and how you behave. Additionally, being aware of your intentions can be really valuable and transforming. Because when we enter organizations, we often have agendas. Like one agenda may be for the organization. Sometimes it comes after you've had agreements and conversations with your clients. Or if you're moving from one team to another, you may have spoken to the boss of that team. And there might be clear expectations on you. And so you have an agenda. Mm-hmm. But there's also sometimes agendas or intentions that are hidden to ourselves, and those are trickier. You know, what do you want to get for yourself when you're moving? Is it a sense of belonging? Is it status? You know, are you trying to collect cases for a book to write? Nothing wrong with that, but you best be aware of it. Yeah, right? There is no good or bad here. Well, I suppose what would be bad is being completely unaware of your intentions. That's going to have... That's going to limit your ability to shift your behavior or reduce ineffective behaviors, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're just kind of blundering around, I think. 
So it seems to me that in a lot of cases, people come in with an intention to say, make the company more agile, right? When that may or may not be what the people you're directly working with want or need. So it's super useful to be aware of it. And also, I know some coaches who are like, make the company more agile. I'm here to make the company more agile. But I don't believe in agile myself. So I'm going to show them that this is actually how it's done. So then you're both aware of your intention and you're, well, you may be very aware of the client's intention and you may not be aware of the incongruence in your desires and the client's needs. So we have some self-reflection questions that may be helpful if you're entering a new system or group. And I think one thing to think about is what's some recent feedback that you have received about your behaviors when you enter a new system or group? And if this question is tricky for you, there's an opportunity for you to go back to one of those teams and ask them, like, how does my presence affect you from different perspectives? What's your favorite go-to questions? So I like to be really clear about what I want to get out of an engagement for myself, right? And for the people I'm interacting with and for the organization. And I like to be aware of what the alignment is. For me personally, what I usually want to get out of it is I want to learn something. I want to try out some ideas that I think are going to be helpful and I want to learn something. Mm -hmm. How about you? Do you have a favorite question that you reflect on? Yes, but it's very direct. And it's what am I trying to make happen? And just thinking about that and putting words on it, mm -hmm. which is basically the same question you were asking. So that's how I ask myself. But another thing I think about is what am I paying attention to right now? Yeah. So that's something you can ponder. Like what are some things you typically pay attention to when you enter a new group? I remember your training, like problem-solving leadership. Then there's this observation or this exercise when you teach one way to observe. And one of the learning points is don't observe everything and be aware of what you're observing and why you're observing it. Mm -hmm. So that's something you can pay attention to. Yeah, what you typically notice in that may tell you something about what you typically don't notice. So be conscious about what you're going to be observing and conscious about what you want out of the engagement. I remember seeing somebody say on Twitter that they got a big new contract and they started thinking about what color car they were going to get. <laughs> what color for my new car? So, you know, it's just good to be aware of what you're after. Okay, so that's being aware of ourselves. So the other point is being aware of other people. Yeah, and going back to the story I told earlier in this conversation, the guy who entered that group wasn't real aware of the other people in the group and how they functioned. And any time you enter a group, you're there at a specific point in time, but there's history, right? Even if the group is a brand new group, they were brought together in response to some perceived need, or they may have had past experience with each other or with different parts of the system. So we're always entering with a certain amount of what Barry Ashri would call temporal blindness, that we can't see what has happened before. So we need to figure out how we're going to learn about that. And that makes me think about how I enter, how I become aware of you know, the needs of other people. I spend a considerable amount of time with potential new clients. Sometimes I meet them for a month, uh, one hour every second week, or sometimes I meet them for a full day. And I'm, there's no charge in this. This is just exploring mutual grounds. What are some of the challenges you're having? How do they display? What are your goals? And several times we discover that there is no need for coaching. And there are some small nudges that they can do. 
sometimes they discover that what they're looking for is something else than me. And sometimes we discover that there are areas where we can work together. But I've found that this is really helpful in me understanding the client before I enter. So I spend a considerable amount of time here. Well, in some way that is entering, right? You're learning about the system through those conversations. And I think that's super valuable. I mean, in some ways, if you can figure out in this small way that it's not a good fit, you know, not that either one of you is bad or wrong, but just that it's not the right fit, that's going to lead to, I think, a better long-term relationship than going in and trying to do something that might not be what's needed or you're not the right person. Because I think in the long run, that's going to build trust. I have also noticed that sometimes that becomes frustrating to clients who believe that, oh, finally, we know that we're going to get help. And, you know, we thought that this was such a simple problem. And now we don't really know. Hmm. Things were more difficult than we thought. Yeah, well, I mean, that's reality. (laughs) Yeah, but so that can frustrate people. Yeah. Well, uh, someone, I don't know who originally said this, but I think it's one of those statements that is quite accurate, which is, as goes the contracting, so goes the contract. So you're in some ways talking about a contracting phase where you're getting to know each other and figuring out whether it's a good fit. And you can actually learn a lot about how the system is going to function through those sorts of conversations. So even in that sort of contracting, it is, to some extent, entering the group. And so if we use the questions, the self-reflecting questions we asked when we're talking about ourselves, being aware of ourselves, one need that I have is understanding what is the mutual ground? And am I the right person for this particular assignment? Yeah. Or what is right for me and the client? So that's one need I have, being aware of that before I go into an org. Well, and for me, part of it is the organization anywhere close to ready to do what they say they want to do. Like, for example, I got a call once from an organization that said they wanted to be more agile. And I was going to do some small thing for them. And their contract required me to have an insurance that would have cost more than the value of the contract. And I asked them to get a waiver for it. And getting the waiver would have required the approval of, I don't know, a senior vice president, as I recall. And it would have taken several months, which told me that that company wasn't really quite ready to be making the sort of changes that they said they wanted to make. They were just too locked down. So you can actually learn a lot. So some questions you could ask yourself when you're entering a new system is what do the people in this company or group or system care about? What are they trying to achieve? What are they explicitly asking for? And I sometimes find that those three things don't match. Yes. Or different people in the org at different parts have polar answers to those questions. Sure. And that's useful to know. That's useful to know as you're going into any sort of group. Particularly if you're coaching this group. Yeah. But I often find that people will say they want some particular thing like, well, we want this metric to go down, but they really want something that's behind the metric, but they haven't articulated it. They're just kind of focused on a particular indicator without articulating what they would get. What would the benefit be if that particular metric went down? So they're super useful conversations. And they're probably changing the group in some small way just by helping people articulate things or helping people become aware 
So once again, back to anytime you enter a group, you change the group. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to the final point. Which is about being aware of the system. We started talking a little bit about this and the point about being aware of other people in your example with, you know, what is the client, what are they capable? But so that's one thing that's important to consider. Like, what are the system's current capabilities? They are asking for X, but you are not sure whether or not they're going to be able to make that happen in a short period of time or in the period of time they want to, based on your experience or other people's experience or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to be aware of. But additionally, it's also important to understand how you become aware. Because we can either make judgments, assessing capabilities and coming to sensible conclusions, but we can also be judgmental, critical, fault-finding, or disapproving of the people. And these are very different ways of you know, understanding a system. Yeah, so as judgmental thinking goes up, curiosity goes down. And if you come to even a sensible conclusion too early, it can close off curiosity and limit your impact. So I think the judgmental thing can be really problematic because particularly people who come in with an agenda of saying, oh, I want this company to be more agile or more lean, and they look at where the company is and make a judgmental or disapproving assessment of it, then they don't have as much opportunity or likelihood to see what the company is actually good at and where they do have a chance to make some improvements that might not fit some definition of agile, but would actually be quite valuable. I remember a recent client, well, recent year or so, after about three weeks or two, two and a half, three weeks, something around that time, I started forming an opinion. And I became really aware of when that happened. Like, oh, it seems like it's this. And then my brain was so happy because I could suddenly stop spending energy on understanding. <laughs> and so I had to make an effort to not accept that conclusion just yet. So I, I kept on going for another week, found some other information. I mean, in the end, it seemed like I was onto something and we did continue down the track and it was helpful. But I didn't want to accept it too early because I was afraid of just falling into the trap of like, oh, this is comfortable for my brain. Mm. Well, you know, our brains like to match patterns and they like to make conclusions. So yeah, we have to educate our brains and be aware of how our brains work so that we can make them work better and not just fall into habits and traps. Mental shortcuts. Yeah. And there's another risk in that, you know, if you're matching some sort of pattern that is incomplete, and it may have some superficial resemblance to something that happened in the past, but is actually, you know, the symptoms may be the same, but the causes may be different. I hope I'm not the only one, but I fall into this almost with every client I work with, that I become aware of that, oh, I have assumed certain things that didn't turn out to be true, and I figured that out a little bit later. I think that's you and every other human. I think so, too. I hope so. <laughs> No, it is. It's what we do. It's what our brains do. So we have to build some discipline to check those things. And I think one thing that exaggerates this problem is the fact that clients often want quick answers and quick solutions. Absolutely. You know, I don't fault them for that. You know, who can blame people? Who can blame anyone for wanting to fix something fast? You can't blame them for wanting it, but it's usually not possible. No. And they're making a considerable investment when they're bringing in a coach. You know, the coach cost may vary 20, 25% from coach to coach, but the amount of time they're going to spend, all employees in the organization, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 
100. They're going to spend days on this. That's a huge investment. And of course, they want to know, you know, what results are we going to see and how fast and how much time are we going to need to spend? So it's, it's, I can't fault them either. Nope. But I do try to talk them out of it. And well, that's maybe not the right word. I try to get a more realistic assessment of what's involved in making any sort of major change. Yeah. And in um, organizations where they may be bringing in the first coach ever, they're taking a huge risk. Huge. So we really need to be, I think, empathetic of the position they're putting, them, like the risk a VP of engineering or whatever, are putting themselves into jeopardizing their status, their influence, basically their existence there. So yes. Yeah, because they're admitting that they can't solve the problem on their own, which can be dangerous in a lot of organizations. So it's a vulnerable position. Yeah. And returning that with judgmentalism is not particularly kind. So I get this question quite often when I enter new agreements with clients, like what result can you promise us and by when? I know a lot of coaches get angry by that question, and I don't get angry. I understand their frustration, and both the coaches, but I also understand the position that the clients are in. So I try to shift the conversation to, I can promise you this performance level. Here's how I'm going to perform. Here's how I'm going to enter the systems. Here's, you know, looking back at organizations of your size or so. This is typically after about a month. I've gotten some sense, and we can look at that together and decide on what to do. I try to just align expectations. Oh, they were thinking one month. I'm thinking six months. Maybe six months is too long. Okay, you want something to happen in three months. Well, let's see what we can make happen. Probably not an entire transformation of like five different organizations, but at least we're going to know and we will have taken a few steps towards a better existence, whatever that may be. Yes. So I get that question too. And it tells me something about the model that people are working out of which is that we are working in a space where things are knowable and you can predict how long things are going to take. But we're not actually talking about, you know, mechanics can tell you how long something's going to take, right? Because they've worked on, you know, hundreds of hundreds of cars. The interactions are known and static and organizations aren't like that. But it does tell me something about the mental model. And once again, the ability to entertain a new idea and maybe shift to a different way of thinking, to me, is another indication of how susceptible the organization is to change. That's not the right word, but that's the word that came to my head. Well, I was thinking being aware of that early gives you the possibility to early start having that conversation. Sure. How do you view work? How do you view organization? What types of organizational changes have you been through in the past? How have they worked? So, yeah. Okay, so a few questions that could be helpful, self-reflection questions that could be helpful in terms of becoming aware of the system. What would you say to someone? What do you know about the overall purpose of the system? And what do you know about how the parts of the system interact and how might you learn about that? Yeah, I'm thinking about also like in terms of if you've been there for a week or two, what are you sure about? And how do you know that those things are true? What do you typically observe? What trends do you notice? What do you know about what people in the system care about? And does what they say they care about match with what their actions indicate are priorities? One thing I'd pay attention to question a lot, what do people seem to care about in this system? Because there's energy there, and I try to follow that energy. Yeah. I made a rule to myself, semi-rule, to never put force against force, to just go where the energy is. That's been super helpful. So I try to think about, like, what are people asking for? You know, 
Sometimes you can redirect the energy a little bit, but trying to stop it is generally... Redirecting, absolutely. Stopping, no. Yeah, yeah. So that's three parts. If we summarize, that's the three parts. So being aware of yourselves, your behaviors, and your intentions, the known ones as well as the unknown ones. Being aware of other people and their needs, their hopes, desires, their agenda, and being aware of the system. And if you pay attention to those three things, in my experience, your ability to enter a group and understand what's going on is really going to be amplified. Every time you enter a new group, even if it's at the same company, same floor, yep. you're just changing from one team to another team. Yep. It's a new group. Okay. So we're going to have some reflection questions in the show notes for you to download and use and ponder. And we'd love to hear what you think about them. And what questions you usually think about as you enter new systems or groups. So email us at us at theloveofjam.com. We'd be super happy to hear from you. Until next time. See you later. Bye.